like you. Do you like me? Our high school guidance counselor used to ask us what you would do if you had a million dollars. Didn't have to work. And then invariably, whatever you'd say, that was supposed to be your career. So if you wanted to fix old cars, then you're supposed to be an auto mechanic. So what did you say? I never had an answer. I guess that's why I'm working at Inatech. No, you're working at Inatech because that question is bull to begin with. If everyone listened to her, there'd be no janitors because no one would clean up if they had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. Talking about millions of dollars. What would you do if you had a million dollars? I'll tell you what I'd do, man. Two chicks at the same time, man. We're living in a material world and I am a material girl. Or boy. Well, what about you now? What would you do? Besides two chicks at the same time? Oh, yeah. Nothing. Nothing, huh? I would relax. I would sit on my ass all day. I would do nothing. Well, you don't need a million dollars to do nothing, man. Take a look at my cousin. He's broke. Don't do If I had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. Well, Jacks. I'm Tom well, Matt Byrne on the board. Greg Pappas in the office. S&P Future down 23. NASDAQ Futures down 94. This is after being up 11 last night after the... The uh, World, well, not the World Series, the LCS game. I watched the end of that, and then, uh, well, I didn't make it through the ninth inning because they got so many ahead. Um, we were up 11. I thought, hey, we're going to have our Monday bounce back like we normally do without a World War on the weekend. We usually come back on Monday, Greg, but not so today, eh? Turnaround Tuesday. Well, we'll be like That's in Canada. Hey, hoser, eh? Eh. Turnaround eh. Tuesday is the thing, so. Yeah, well, just... uh, Friday was, was bleak. We go back and see what Friday was like. Friday Dow was down 286, S&P down 53, Nasdaq down 202. So, this is the last six, five, six Mondays we've been up when nothing bad happens over the weekend. Nothing really bad. So regular bad's happening all over the place. But mm. yeah, Jim Bianco was on Twitter over the weekend saying that this is um, a bigger correction than what we had during the bank failures in uh, March. So I think uh, I don't. I don't. Boy, oh boy, I hate to make predictions when I, I don't want them to come true. If this rate, these rates run to 6 or 7%, um, I got news for you. Lululemon's not trading. Uh, where the hell is it trading? Uh, wherever it's trading, it won't be trading there. Just saying. 395, I'd make that, put that 250 maybe. The difference between the, the interest rates there and, and where they are, even either another point or two, dramatic difference in valuations. Has to be. Lululemon. I'm, you know, actually, I kind of like the company. I'm just saying, some of these things are still. We think they're 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 way down. But they're not. I mean, uh, Nvidia was down to 180 last year. It's still 409, even though it's been clobbered the last few weeks. I mean, everything's oh man, where could it go? 380. Uh, just was 180. I'm not saying it's going there, but you know, be real with this stuff. You know. Every, all these guys are, hey, I think we can have a 5% correction. Well, it looks like Bitcoin's up, so yeah, well, it's, all is well. All is well. Geez, I, I think we could have, we could see a 5% correction, quite frankly. But what does that mean? By, what does that even mean? That's a bad day in NVIDIA. Yeah. I mean, I'm, and I, I absolutely don't want this to happen. My customers are all along, pretty much. I mean, I absolutely don't want it to happen, but, but just, just get real at where prices could be. I mean, I, unfortunately, I was around in 2000. When Cisco was trading 65, and then was trading 650, a plain 650. And I'm not predicting that, but this idea that my stock could only go down 5%, uh, no, it can't. We had, we had a guy, uh, this is a story. It was 5% a, is, that's just a... It's a blip. That's a, <laughs> that's a bad week in yeah. some of the high vol stocks. We had a, a guy who came to our seminars, and he was a 
client for a while, a uh, good client, real good guy. This is years ago, because it was the 2000 fiasco, and the guy was a big, uh, well, he, he was a long-term, pretty high, high up chain employee at Oracle, right? So he gets all his stock, right? So of course, when you get stock at like 60 bucks or the hell it was, 55, you're you're taxable on the difference between that and the market. I'm no tax guy, but whoever his deal was, you get income to that price, right? You got you got to pay income tax on that price, is ordinary income. So people wonder why why does Elon Musk or why do these guys sell all this stock? Because the minute they get it, they have income at that price. So if, if they don't, so if they don't sell part of it to pay the taxes, say say for instance, Greg has been working at Stocks and Jacks for forty years. I'm you know, in it at five dollars, and now five, it's trading a hundred dollars. It's trading a hundred. You, you you have to pay. I got to uh, pay cap gains on ninety five. No 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 no. Or ordinary income. Ordinary income. Yeah. But here's 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 the rub. Here's the spike where the sun don't shine. If you don't sell it, and it runs down to eighty. You now have capital losses of twenty, of which you can use only three thousand, an ordinary income of ninety-five. Whoops. Whoops is right. Whoops. Yeah, I don't think that's changed. Again, don't ever quote my tax advice. So this guy, we, we get the we get the uh, oracle, and he says, "Well, I want to protect myself somewhat on the way down." Okay, so the, but eh, it's it's probably not going to be very much. Why don't we just buy like the the fifty puts? We don't need to buy the puts with the money. All right, we'll buy the fifty puts. So you buy those, and the stock races down to 45. All right, so he's down 10 on his stock, and we're up 350, four bucks, say, on the puts. Tree fifty. Yeah, tree fifty. So he's still down six something. Um, Doesn't feel good, but it's no, not the end of the not world. Not the end of the world. But then he says, "Well, uh, why don't we just? Uh, it looks to me like it's low enough, but let's get some 40 puts just in case." You know, you know, I'm advising him. I'm saying, you know, be careful with this because you know you've got this t- tax problem. Ah, it's, yeah, don't worry about it. All right. So then it goes to like 35. So again, he loses 10. We make 350 on the puts. 350. 350. And the stock, I think, eventually went. To, and then he says, well, we sure as hell don't need any puts here. And it goes to like eight. Yeah, that doesn't feel so good. No. Now the dude's got this massive tax. So not only has he got a loss, loss. Yeah, a this whole massive, bunch of taxes. You know, we picked up out of the. $40, we probably, because he didn't want to buy the ones at the money, and he didn't want to buy any extra ones, so we never really could keep up, even though we did something. Uh, so we're probably up $12 on the puts, and he's down 40 And he has said, to pay taxes. And has to pay taxes. Uh, well, he actually sort of wiggled out of that. But, uh, well. um, there, there, you can do this, and again, I don't know Ouch. how. What you can do, if you start trading a real lot as a retail client, you can actually opt to be to be classed as a professional, hmm. and if you're if you if you class as a professional, you're you're marked the market. It's all ordinary for you. So he ended up able to match up the losses against his gains. So all he had to do was give up forty bucks of. <laughs> well, forty, and then we made him ten. So, yeah. but still, it's better than having to pay tax on money you don't have. Right. Uh, no, nothing is worth to have to write a check to the government when you don't have it. Ouch. Yeah. But you can, uh, but but it's, but it's not something you should do lightly. Uh, I mean, I've, I've gone over this with tax guys a couple times, and I you know don't really understand what they're telling me all of it. But you can if you decide. Actually, I'm, no, I've been there before. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you that. can say <laughs> I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a professional <laughs> trader and trade all day from home. Yeah. You can you can opt to be uh, 
mark, marked as if you were professional, meaning mark to market. So if you win, you win, you lose, you lose. It's all ordinary. Yeah. As I understand it, there there is no IRS designation really as a as a trader. You don't want to be there because your audit rate goes through the roof. Um, if you can, you would want to organize more. So, and again, well, if you, if you only I, win, you'd rather... on all the different things and you know talk to your yeah. your people. But as I understand it, and what was suggested to us was, you want to be an employee of your own uh, organization or LLC or corporation, well, sure. and that way you can pay yourself whatever, rather than rolling the dice with with quote being a trader with the IRS because there really isn't. Uh, Really is well, you go laws from, you go from a, you go from capital gains to ordinary. Uh, yeah, it depends on which products you trade. So right. If you're in futures, there's a there's you have to post margins. So some of that is actually considered, um, is considered cap gains. Well, so they they blend it. If you're if you're only going to be a winner, you better be in retail because you only be a big. Well, if you hold it a year, you pay you pay capital gains. Or if you trade, uh, well, what's what's left on the I think nobody trades. Uh, actually, I don't know that anybody may trade this in the ages. You trade the OEX, the SPX, the big SPX, and the and the big RUT. They're still they're sixty percent long term, forty percent short term. Right. right, and most of the futures are like that. But again, not yeah. <laughs> not saying to do anything or no. or try to. But in general, um, in in our world at least, you'd mostly want to be taking a salary from your own corporation and then and then using that corporation um to trade yeah. rather than trying to trying to be a quote trader in the eyes of the irs which is, of which, which is a nightmare corporation versus llc's versus stuff there's a a big article yesterday in the new york times regarding this name image and likeness now this is all walking around and how some guys still are actually trying to do uh, and succeeding it appears in making this stuff tax deductible isn't but, it interesting how uh, yeah well you know what they're doing all is of a sudden being a, a NCAA gymnast is, is very good for a subset of NIL women. And well, if if, if you're if you're, uh, I don't I don't know that colleges make any money on gymnastics. Well, the the two are very high paid uh, NIL NIL earnings is is well that's because a couple of yeah, gymnasts from the SEC. Well, yeah, but that's but cause, that's because they're smoking hot and they're like models, right? Oh yeah. Well, it's like the two twins in volleyball down in Georgia, wherever it was. They 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 should have. They're actually what the NIL is is all about, and that they sh- they could have had and should have had separate careers as models or movie stars for that matter, and weren't able to because the schools own their image and likeness. Yeah. Which is pretty screwed up. Now they're they're doing it on their own. I'm talking about these big organizations that have come together down. New York Times there's like 75 of them, but some of them are such that where you. You give the money to a, a charity, and the charity donates the person's time to like hospitals and stuff. When they're paying these guys six hundred dollars an hour to go visit kids in the hospital, and it, it, somehow they're, they're making the whole thing tax deductible to the place. Now it's still got to be, I think it's still got to be income to the player, but but the uh, IRS, of course, is is pretty slow to take a look at this because how many big fat cats want to give? And they said it's all. Rich, rich white guys giving money to, to black kids to play school, play at their school. I mean, it's real, so ridiculous. Well, <laughs> that's that's yeah. one way to do it. Did you see uh, what the uh, the guy on the Bears yesterday? How do you coach people like this? Didn't didn't watch the Bears. Well, they they. I heard they won. Well, the guy, the guy who got the pick six and another interception. <clears throat> after the game, they interview him, and all he did was talk about how it must be his 
year where he gets to go after being a rookie. <coughs> he wants to get paid as he's supposed to get paid. He doesn't care if it's with the Bears or not. That was his. That was his. Uh, <coughs> he, he's in the game for the big payday. At least he's honest. Yeah. Well, what I a mean, great. What a great interview. You, <laughs> that's. <laughs> what a great interview. Just. That's probably not what the new person wants to hear, but. There. Well, I mean, it's, he just said, I'm, 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 I want to get, what do you say, something, what was the term, not the, it'll be an elite pay, it'll be paid as an elite player or something, so I want an elite paycheck. <clears throat> and he, uh, but he goes, if it's not with the Bears, it would be somewhere else, I don't really, I don't really care. Basically, I'm going, okay, well, that's, that's cool, yeah. teammate. I mean, I'm sure it's, I mean, because the Bears don't care about you, it's not like you should care about them. I, I get that part, but still, there are people that actually care about these teams that maybe shouldn't, and uh, it's not exactly the interview you want. Um, so, hey, uh, what do you make of this five-year treasury, which is ducked under five? I got it at 4.99 uh, right now. Yeah, five um, seems pretty fair to me. I mean, if if you look at would I rather do, you know, a higher dividend or a treasury, I guess, I guess up here I would probably think about treasuries. But well, if, I mean, what, what I, I, real stupid question? Um, if you just walked into Chase today. And drop a hundred grand in a checking account. What are you getting? Anything? I know in our brokerage accounts we get some interest at at uh, IB. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But uh, I'm I'm not sure how much it is actually. But I'm saying I don't know what is. Uh, I know all the uh, mi- mi- middle-sized banks and stuff. <clears throat> their CDs are up to over five. They're like the uh, treasuries. Yeah, that seems like a. That seems not a bad do i mean if you have a whole lot of extra cash sitting around then <laughs> but i mean your regular checkbook is still like nothing right i would yeah not, not mine at least i haven't seen it no it don't even right really either. yeah don't even really care that much about that would rather be selling premium and well how many people in this country do you think have a, a balance on their credit card of five grand and have five grand in the bank they're scalping themselves oh ouch yeah well Bank's Unless happy. you're, you know, well, the bank's happy to do that for you. Yeah, banks are in general attacks on poor people. Oh yeah, but um, if you look at something like uh, Verizon or whatever, you know, that's paying eight and a half, and you know that seems a little bit more in line with with the tolerance of. Uh, well, we finally a little bit of a rally in telephone because what they're paying about that much too, right? Right. Um, if inflation is four or. I don't know what they're calling it, you know, without food, energy, and whatever. But if you include everything, I think it's like four. So if you're making five on the treasury, is great. But is, is that great? No, no. <laughs> so if you look at something like that at eight and a half with Verizon or whatever, that that seems if you're if you can stomach the risk, you know, I, the real rate I of mean, interest should <laughs> be. So if you've had if you've held it for the entire year, I mean, you're down. Thirty percent or whatever, but you know, eight percent or eight and a half percent here compared to five—that that seems more right to me. Um, I just was listening to uh, Steve Leisman on CNBC. He was actually supposed to be a very nice guy, but boy, he talk about the Treasury lapdog. Uh, they asked him. He goes, "Well, you can look at those retail sales numbers. Look at those numbers." I'd like to ask him the how con- many he's yeah. buying yeah, <laughs> because the, I doubt yeah. it's any. The consumer is in great shape. Look at those numbers, Steve. The You've gone up 40% in prices in the last four years. Of course the nominal numbers are going to be right. Look around you. Open your eyes. Get out of the limousine. I, I think we've hit an absolute... Uh, well, I should have Nancy today, but Audrey was telling me yesterday that 
the uh, all of a sudden the houses in the last month, if you didn't sell yours, st still some are going to have a bidding war, but she goes, it's nowhere near the same as it was even 30 days ago. I mean, anybody really? doesn't think we just we didn't hit some kind of a wall here in October is not looking. I know that rates are what seven and a half ish. Eight. Eight. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. well, Nancy gives on she'll tell us exactly, but I think high sevens eight. Yeah. I saw, or I talked with some guys who were getting uh, business loans and restaurant loans and such over the weekend. They said seven and a half was there. So yeah. That's that's not terrible. I mean. No. If you if you can make money on it. Yeah. If you can make money. It's, but that's the same everywhere. So. Well, yeah, but it's uh, it's different than five. It's nowhere near as bad as fifteen. You know. Yeah, right there, and and again, if you can take corporate paper, you know, high quality corporate paper, and eight and a half, you know, that's yeah. I just, I, I'm, I'm concerned. Always am, and I know I've just nothing I can do about it, Greg. But it, I'm concerned about the, the seeming lack of understanding among damn near a whole generation, because interest rates were held artificially low for so long. And what the Fed did that are seemingly shocked at how simple these formulas actually are. <clears throat> I mean, they're not they're not that hard to understand. Well, yeah, if you look at again going back to those higher dividend stocks, those have been pummeled. Yeah. So, and if you if the S and P is still three quarters of where it was, or I think we're down what ten percent or so from. Um. From, I, I will, and, but are you talking about the S and P? Yeah. Like I will look at the uh, spider the, right now. It's the spider. Then spider if topped you look, out at. Pick a number, 457.80, so when we're at, where are we? <clears throat> we're at uh, 419, so that's, uh, what is that, 38 uh, bucks, so that's 8%. Yeah, so, I mean, that's nothing compared to the 50% that the, the high dividend stocks have fallen. So right. I, I don't know, there's some middle ground in there, and <laughs> you, you'd think it would take a little bit to to make up that. Well, I mean, yeah. the, the very simple equation, ugh, I don't want to be like teaching class here. The very simple equation is there is something called a risk... A squared plus well, there, B squared. Yeah, equal. There is something called a risk-free rate, right? And there always has been, like, forever. There's a risk-free... Hey, look rate. at that. Chevron to buy Hess? Whoa. They got to, they got to buy everybody. We, we, we got to be Whoa. Down to, we got to be down to two companies in every industry. <laughs> I, wonder, I think I have CVX puts. Now, oh, well, why, did, why did you not expect something that. like that with Exxon <laughs> just buying the other guys? Oh, that's a pretty big deal. Fifty-three billion dollars. Yeah, well, the other ones were sixty. So you got to get, you know, you got to be the <clears throat> now. You know, if one airline binds another, then everybody's got to buy another. I, yeah, you know, I mean, it's this is run away this, from airlines. This is piggy move up. But I get what I'm saying is there is something called a risk-free rate, and it's been pretty much constant through the centuries. It's like two, two and a half, maybe sometimes two and three quarters. So if I have money, you know, I'm retired and I and I got some dough, and you got an idea. Okay, the idea is you probably don't... The, the money isn't always where the ideas are, correct? There's plenty of ideas and, and plenty, plenty of money. Of money so but, they, but they don't always you match figure up. It, yeah. So if you go build a building or build a restaurant, you just said it. You need you need working capital. You need, to, you need money to build a place. So somebody's going to lend it to you, and you're going to pay that. Well, if it's totally risk-free, like a government's supposed to be, Okay, then the, that rate's usually 20%, say, give or take. Yeah, my, my definition of risk-free is a little different, so. Well, whatever it is. I mean, if it, in the Stone Age, if somebody lent you know, 100 stones, at the end of the year, you'd have to bring them 102. Right. You know, and I mean, is that real or is that nominal? Well, that, that I'm saying there is a real rate. Right. right. And then on top of that, if you're going to say, okay, well, but now the money I'm borrowing from you because of antics of a central bank or something, 
is going to be worth 2% less at the end of the year, i got to make up for that because I get it for the year. So now it's 2.5 plus the 2. Right. So the, so the nominal rate should be 4.5. Right. So that's why when people, even on TV, continually jump on these long 10-year, 30-year rates, the Fed can control the puddle, the puddle of money in the system at any given time, which, which affects the overnight rates, which affects the short-term rates. If they really go crazy, like they did, and buy all the 10- and 30-year bonds on top of it, they can, for a short period of time, control the long-term rates. But they really can't in the, forever because they, they all of a sudden end up with a balance sheet with $8 billion, $1 trillion like they do now, or whatever it is, and they, and they start gagging on this stuff. Here's an interesting question for the listeners before break or whatever. Would you rather have a 6% return with 5%? five percent uh inflation or would you rather have a three percent return with one percent inflation uh three and one <laughs> right because yeah. you're two percent I, I don't know i don't know what the breakdown of answers would be but well i'll, I'll tell I you the answer it's, it's three and one you're one percent over well, the rate you're two percent over the rate the other one you're only one well i, I don't know if you get that that answer from from that's, everybody that's exactly say, my point yeah it's exactly my point you should get that hey answer. we're on the same page for once yeah <laughs> but so but we've never seen any and this time the Fed jumped the rates to such a tremendous amount. You see how how, it, how it's supposed to work was back in the 70s and 80s, where if you went to the bank, the interest rate, the inflation rate was 10, you were getting 12. Grandma Greg was getting 12. This time Grandma Greg's getting zero, even though the inflation rate was 12. And got negative they, for a while. Yeah, got negative for a while. Pretty, so. pretty bad, pretty bad acting. So right now, what, what do you think the inflation rate is going forward? I, I'm going to say... It's probably not the twelve that they were they were doing, but it's it's probably still two and a half or three. And, a, and it's so four the, right now. Okay, so if, say it's four. Your guess for the next ten years that means your your ten year rate should be should be six to six and a half, where it's heading. It looks Don't like. say that. Don't well, say I mean, that too loud. Well, we just do the math. The market. Even we can go. Even you can. Even you and I can go. What's two and a half plus four? Well, that sounds like six and a half to me. Got it? Yeah. <laughs> SP futures down twenty one. Nasdaq futures down eighty three. The only good news there is, it's down. It that's less than it was a while ago, but it's way worse than it was last night. So we're in the, sort of in the middle. Be right back, stocks and jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. 
Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage health care costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. I'd stick my neck out for nobody. Stocks, jocks, Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome back, Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tomorrow, Greg Pappas in the studio. Matt Byrne on the board. SP futures down uh, 21. NASDAQ futures down 82. Uh, we were up 11 last night whilst I was watching the sports. Um, so the uh, you know I don't know we we made the big flip, but we were down almost 30. So we've come back up from there. As the 10-year had gone above 5%, and now it's come back a little bit. So now we're watching the bonds. That's what we used to watch when I started in 80, before they didn't have any spoos or anything. We watched the bonds. When the bonds went down, we went down. Bonds went up, we went up. Uh, very we, Funny how we've come all the way up. Simpler done the big, times. Done the big circle, eh? Simpler times. The DAX down 112.8%. FTSE down 47.6%. CAC around down 14 They're actually hanging in there. They're only down 0.2%. We're in Asia. Ouch. Nikkei down 258 on its 0.8%. Hang Seng down 123 0.7% barely hanging over 17,000, 17,172. Shanghai, these, these guys are a big mover, down 44, 1.5%, 29,39, pretty far under 3,000, where I thought they'd actually hold, but no, they have not. Uh, Friday, for another fu- crummy review of Friday, down on 286, SP down 53, NASDAQ down 202. It's 1.5% on the NASDAQ, not good. Uh, bonds, 4.989, so we've ducked back under 5, but still up 6 basis points. The bond up six basis points, 2.95, trying to get to 3%. Um, I don't even want to think of what those, the, the 10-year stuff they must, that they bought at negative interest rate, what that is valued at on their portfolios now, Greg. It's got to be Wait, what, which one? The bond. Oh, oh, uh, yeah. So, so if you bought, if you bought. The numbers are out for Bank of America in the U.S. They're down $131 billion. I had that up on my board. Oh, yeah, well, you mean you're talking about 
I, I, no, I will, I'll talk, when we're done with this, I'll talk about what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, Japan uh, up three basis points, 0.87. We've got oil uh, down 51 cents, 87.57, back under 90 by a lot. Uh, Brent down 36 cents, 91.90. Natural gas down a penny, uh, 288. Rob down a penny, 235. Wait, there was gas in Indiana, 327. Wow. How the hell do you get our bob at like 280 with 90 cents taxes and somebody's selling at 327? I'm glad it's working that way, but I'm having trouble with the math. Gold down 450, 1898, but still had a big week last week. Silver down 12 cents, 2338. Copper down a penny, 354. At crypto, up 766, over 30,000. 30,000, this is Bitcoin when I say crypto. 30,653. And the US dollar is down just a little bit with the pound up to 106. I'm sorry, pound at 121 and the euro at 106. So dollars uh, come back down a little bit. Uh, finally, Matt, what do you have for us? Traffic Weather Sports Bears, Super Bowl bound. <laughs> yep, that's for sure. Uh, currently 6.36 a.m. on October 23rd, 2023. Uh, weather in Chicago, currently 44 degrees with a high of 66. Uh, humidity at 88%. Clear skies downtown, good for stargazing this hour. Sunrise at 7.11 this morning. Uh, down in Phoenix, Arizona, clear skies, 71 degrees currently, a high of 88. Sunny skies expected today and throughout the week. In the MLB yesterday, Rangers beat Astros 9-2. NFL yesterday, of course, Bears won against Raiders 30-12. Uh, quarterback Tyson Bagent threw for 162 yards, one touchdown and rushed for 24 yards. Running back Dante Foreman had 89 rushing yards and scored three touchdowns total. Uh, yeah, Super Bowl bound, I don't know, but... Uh, Certainly hope so. And the, and, the, and the deep backs, we made two nice plays. Now he wants to get paid like one of the best in the game. <laughs> I just, I, I just have been. He's we have Mr. Flanagan. Certainly we do. John, I was. Uh, Good morning, Tom. What, Greg, we, what, Greg. We, what did you accomplish morning, this weekend as a Stacks and Jacks Cub reporter? <laughs> oh, I just—it's so depressing, Tom. Every time I look up some news lead, I think, why didn't I go there? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, I. I actually was doing a little bit of research yesterday in the the, the uh, Menards and the uh, uh, where the hell I was uh, one of O'Reilly's or one of those auto park places. So this is you know this is what happens when you're like the I'll say the '70s boyfriend you know where you actually grew up where you know how to do stuff once in a while. So of course Audrey, this this is how screwed up the world is. For those that don't remember, you used to get new license plates every year, right? And they yeah. pretty much were made in the penitentiary, right? By mm-hmm. uh, most yeah. of the time. And uh, I mean, I think they kind of got to away. collect them in the garages. Oh well, yeah, they put them in the garage. <laughs> you know, you have the different license plates every year, and every year they were a different color. The big deal was all the kids would guess what next year the color would be. So, so now you get them like I don't know when you get them. So Audrey's has got hers that say Home Home Source Realty on it, right? Well, HS HSR, and uh, so they're the vanity plates that she pays extra for. All of a sudden, one of them is like totally falling apart. The, the whole thing's coming apart. Where you can't even read it. So she calls up the state and says, "Hey, you know, what do I do to get some new license plates?" Oh man, we don't give them. You're not due for like another three years. She goes, "Yeah, but nobody can read them." Ah oh, man. Anyway, after like how many calls, puts through a, per, a, a special request. All right, well, we'll get you some new license plates. Well, they, they come in the mail finally, and of course, me, the boyfriend, I go out to put them on. And she'd get the guards, you know, the thing where you buy a car from somebody, they put their advertising mm-hmm. plate around it. I said, do you want those things? No. So, because that just detracts from her own advertising on her plate. So I said, well, if I don't do that, you know, you only got two screws, or t- and uh, you really should have four if there's no guard plate, because if you go through the wash, the, the air is going to bend them and it looks weird. So 
I said, I'll get you some screws. So yesterday I go to Menards, and for my place, I get incandescent bulb for the bathroom, a little three-pack. Now, these are 40-watt bulbs. I get a thing for under under the counter, and I get a battery for my, uh, what do you call it, thing you get in your car. 20 bucks. I'm going, 20 bucks. For God's sake. So I, I stop over at the uh, O'Reilly's or whatever it is, and I, I said, where the license plate screws? Oh, down there. So I get four of them. Guess what the number is? On four one-inch by quarter-inch screws. Ten bucks? Uh, not that bad. Five thirty-nine for four oh. screws. <laughs> I'm like, I go, these are, these are a little heavy. <laughs> these screws aren't. They? The guy's like, they're just plastic, aren't they? <laughs> no, they're, 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 the thing you put them in is plastic. But, they, but I didn't get the plastic piece. I just got the screw. The, the plastic <laughs> was more. If you get the plastic piece, it goes behind it. This they were already mounted on there. It already had the. Pla- and I'm like, for people that don't think this inflation, and for now, now does that mean? The, the retail client is, as Steve Leisman just said, that the retail client is, is okay because I, I paid through the nose for these friggin' screws. I mean, does that mean, does that mean I'm okay and resilient, or does that mean I'm an idiot? I mean, I... I, I you're an idiot. Yeah, but without a doubt. I, sh- I should have <laughs> stolen out of the package, go to the hardware store and got it for like three cents or something, but, but I'm, not about, I'm not that kind of guy. Plus, I'm at the counter. I'm not to go put them back. But I'm like, you know... Anybody doesn't think that the consumer is having issues here, and you see a retail sales number that's up, I, the consumer can't even afford the car. You're talking about yeah, the plates. <laughs> well, I, I don't see how anybody. I mean, I I still do thousand dollar car payments. Yeah, well, I do. I well, the thing, God help you if you have a car. The thing you absolutely cannot have right now. I mean, I, this has been like this for a while, not just now. You cannot have a car where you're making car payments that's off warranty. You can do one or the other. You can't do both. I mean, if, if you go buy a used car for eight grand, if you can find one, and pay the guy cash, that's one thing. You know, because now you can you can roll with the repairs as they come, as best you can, and hopefully it's not a transmission or a motor or something. But the last thing you want is 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 to have a car, you know, the, a, a a real expensive car that's off warranty, that you're that you're or that you're paying you're paying a nut on that, that is off warranty. You, you can't you can't be having a thousand dollar car payment and repairs the same month, or else unless you're, you know, whatever Daddy Warbucks or something. I just saying, but uh, I mean, I don't th- I think I think we hit a wall this month, Jen, and I hope I'm wrong. I think it has something to do with the uh, uh, student loan payments. I mean, something. Every restaurant I go to, they say all of a sudden it's gotten slower. Just saying. So I don't know. I mean, I hope that's not. Then we've got this this war going on that. Uh, is obviously nobody knows what to make of this, and I'm surprised today that every Monday that we haven't had a bigger outbreak, and we've been down on Friday, we've been back up on Monday. Now today we haven't. So does that mean more bad news for the market, Greg, or what? We we don't know. I don't know. Get in the foxhole. Yeah, get in the foxhole. <clears throat> so I was you know, just for the heck of it, Tom. I was looking at some of my you know bank records, and you know I always pay with my debit card when I buy groceries, and I always buy them pretty much at the same store. And I always buy pretty much the same stuff at that store. Oh no, you don't. You don't buy the same stuff, Jan. You buy something different every week. I know you. <laughs> no, not me. Yeah, <laughs> world's most boring palette. Um, I, just for the heck of it, I was I was comparing like you know from two years ago, and I've noticed this even just you know when I walk out of the store and the receipt, but it's it's over more than double what I was paying eighteen months ago. 
But the same stuff. I, re, I mean, I don't have the exact, you know, tabulation. It's not a very scientific observation. But I know every time I go in there, I'm spending more than I did the last time. And I'm not, if anything, I'm cutting back rather than expanding my appetite for stuff or making experimental purchases to see if you know, this is a good idea or not. But if I'm noticing that, and you know that that's a, an expense you have to pay to live on, I think you're right that people are now realizing this, this is you know the end of the line, and there's no no way you can plug into any other source of, of revenue here. You, it is what it is, and you're just stuck, and you got to stop buying. Well, the uh, I, I, I shop every week is uh, we still I still cook for people in the office because there's still a place <coughs> really to go to lunch around here. The south end of the loop here is uh, I mean you go. To, but I mean, uh, even uh, well, Greg does some time in series at home for breakfast. I used to be there three days a week. There's no place to go for breakfast really around here. Um, so I cook breakfast after the show for people as it relaxes me a little bit between jobs, basically. Um, but I get stuff every week, and if you look at the at the, uh, you have to look at stuff that never changes. And my my one of my things is uh, we don't cook them very much, but. The, the mashed potatoes, the powdered mashed potatoes that aren't actually not so bad. I mean, they're not as good as regular mm-hmm. mashed potatoes, but I'm going to say three years ago, before COVID, they were a buck, 99 cents. Now they're a buck 49. So you, you have to look at the individual things that, like, don't ever change. Because you're still going to find, you know, if they are if they have too much pork, you can still buy that as, as cheap as you could four years ago. But you better load up. I mean, you, you better buy stuff on sale. So every week, I never know how much I'm going to spend. I mean, one week... You know the pork sausage stuff might be four forty nine, which is the new price. But every week for years, one of the brands would be two for six bucks, so for three dollars a piece. Now it's never like that, but if there is one, I'm buying ten of them because I'll use them in two weeks here in the office. So I mean, if if you go to a place and, and the Myers is big on that because especially the one out there because I think they have uh, date issues, like the Walmart. I, don't, I never saw anything. And that's why I never go there. I never see anything on sale at Walmart. Their, no. their, their individual prices might be okay, but but I, I get stuff. Something somewhere always is going to be two for one. Now, yesterday my brother cooks every week. People don't necessarily want to. It's it's stunning how you would hope that that society can at least add and subtract every once in a while because my brother likes to cook Italian style, so we use up olive oil. So I go over there every week. Whenever I find something, I bring it over. Why should he pay every week? So. There's always once in a while. There's a two for one olive oil at, at, uh, at Myers. So yesterday they got the, t- the 24 ounce, Greg. It's 11 bucks. Buy one get one free. Yet the, t- the one twice as big, the 48 ouncer, is 15.88. Right. So not only is it not convenient because it's twice as big. Are you arbing groceries? I'm just sitting there going. I see people picking up the big one, and I'm going, Can't these people add? Which would you rather have, two 24 ounces for 11 bucks, or one 48 ouncer for fifteen eighty eight? It's complicated. It's, 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 it's well, and there's unit inflation too, Tom. I yeah. mean, this is what I've talked about it before, where you're getting, you know, you, maybe you're paying only slightly more for some product, but you're getting less of the product in that packaging. Right. Than you, so. Do you ever buy the uh, the real high end of flapjacks? What's the name of the stuff, Greg? They get. It's the one with the high protein. All the other Kodiak. Yeah, Kodiak. It, does the, does the bag come up halfway in the box? I don't think so. So would anybody buy it if the box was the same size as the bag inside? 
I don't think anybody would. Why would you? It would no, look because it, it looks smaller. Yeah, is that why? But you know, when I don't, when I don't, you know, I know I rag about this from time to time, John. We're gonna want to talk a little bit about this name, image, and likeness stuff. Plus, there's a big thing in the New York Times. I, I managed to get a copy of uh, the international arms trade. Is, why, why, why is our citizenry, people that are supposed to be so educated, why, why can't we figure out that the biggest single winner in inflation is the government? You think if you if you bought a and they can't even win, they're they still behind. Um, I think Illinois is doing real well with it. <clears throat> Illinois is doing well with budget deficits. Well, or? yeah, they got money from the federal government. Yeah, but they still can't get ahead in terms of real winning because right, they're they're falling behind. Right, on so if, if young costs. if young Greg five years ago went out to the Ford place or the Chevy place and bought yourself a pick me up at forty grand, what's the what's the uh, tax on that? Is it eight percent or something? Sounds right. All right, so what are you thirty two hundred bucks you're giving them, right? Now the same pickup is seventy grand. What are you giving them? Fifty six hundred. Yeah. So all the, all the the prices the the thirty forty percent John's talking about again, the, but this is going back to what we were saying. Are they really winning because their prices are going up too, and they're they're uh, not great at managing their expenses, so. Um, they're, you, they're, they're even bigger losers now than they were before because nominally that well, that but, but they have the they higher. have the rev- I don't I don't know if they've paid uh, if they've paid the wages fast enough as the other stuff's going up. Uh, it's not about that. It's about the the expenses. The total expenses are not the current wages. It's all I'd, the future. I'd rather I'd rather get my forty percent and try and chintz on. I mean, that's what the auto that's what this big strike's about in the auto companies, right? Yeah, they're they're right. they're, they're, they're 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 saying they'll give everybody twenty three or twenty five percent as their final offer. Yet inflation we know is forty, and the prices of the cars have gone up forty or thirty eight or whatever the hell it is. And oh, by the way, by the way, what's her name? Mary Barra's salary's gone up that much. So they're saying, why should why should we take essentially a seventeen percent hit? And the company's saying, take it or leave it. You know, we're going we're going to Mexico or something. It, I mean, it's well, they're going out of business. What <laughs> they're going. <laughs> Well, <laughs> they, don't get, they don't got workers. They don't got decent cars. They they got. Oh, I think they got decent cars. Well, maybe one or two. Well, that's it. I don't. I don't. I don't think you can actually buy a crummy car these days. You don't. You, there's plenty. Where? Which ones? Any car that has more than, uh, more electronics than they. they it's, well, it just breaks. Well, that's that's the truth. I mean, uh, hey, if you want, if you want, you know how many? Uh, what did Audrey's? Get their lunch eaten by certain Japanese manufacturers, and they're not, any, they're not any better. Well, they'll and the stuff that falls the apart. Drive trains and the uh, engines will last longer than the other ones. Uh, I don't know about that. You talk about a guy with a suburban; it's two eighteen thousand now, and I'm still well. Still yeah, burning. the suburban's one one model that that's lasted you know since the beginning. I think the suburban is the oldest SUV. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, so maybe the suburban and the Corvette are good from Chevy. That's about it. Well, I, what I'm saying is when you, when you might, what my Audrey's cousin say the new cars had uh, twenty some little computers in them. Wow. Or little yeah. not, not computers. Uh, what do you call them? Uh, the things? The things that they're they the shortage of. The chips and chips. The sensors. <laughs> yeah. And the yeah. I mean, I mean, you're you all, if if you have a, a seat that remembers it's you and not your wife, there's a chip there, right? <laughs> yeah. What, what could go wrong? Because it turns on the airbag. Yeah. What, what could go on? What could go wrong there? there there's a, there's an airbag and there's what, three motors, in every seat. What could go wrong there? Uh, after ten years of. You know, it's it's funny. I was uh, when I was at the Economic uh, Club of Chicago, we were we were able to go to the, 
Um, plus, we used to go to the uh, what do you call it? The night before, we every disease had you could write a check to a disease. The formal the formal night. What do they call it? The night. So what's the name of that thing? Three Dog Night. No, it's it's the biggest uh, charity event in Chicago. It's the night before the the uh, auto show opens, and everybody the gets the pulmonary one. Everybody gets to go, and uh, every disease is represented. And you write a check, and it's formal, and there's food all over the place. Anyway, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah. So we get a couple. Of, we had a guy from General Motors who's on. Uh, uh, he came on Saxon Jacks a couple times. VP of General Motors, a good guy. It was a good interview. So I said to the lady who's his. Uh, you know his scheduler. I said, "Hey, what do they do with the cars?" And she goes, "Well, you, you don't want one of those cars." And I said, "What do you mean? It's, it's brand new. It didn't. It, nobody's ever driven the thing." She goes, "You're right. The motor and everything's probably fine." She goes, "If you buy that car and you use it for ten years with a family, your ass will not hit the seat as mo- as long as many times in ten years as that, somebody's ass hits that seat in ten days of the auto show. Everything in the inside, every seat's been moved." Five hundred, five five thousand times. Every Just shift, is, every ringer. shifter has been moved. Every every switch has been turned. I mean, at some level, you might want the thing, but you but you really don't. <laughs> it's it's like you know, like, it's like the carpets. They pay they pay top dollar for carpets. At the end of the week, they got to throw them out. When you go get a remnant, but you don't want one. The traffic on that stuff is is unbelievable. Anyway, Jan, we we've been talking about everything else we possibly can. Um, world events and the market. You never really know when they match up. You can never really predict it. Uh, we've got interest rate issues. We've got world events. We've got Jamie Dimon saying that the world's in as, as uh, what do you say, as volatile a shape as he's seen it in 30 years, which I don't see how you can disagree with. What what do you make all this? Is, are there still some bargains? Uh, is it some is it at some point here you just you stick with? We've got all kinds of people probably going to auction again today for some people in the T bills. The uh, I, I mean, I'd say our guys are probably almost 25, 30% T bills in, in, in the total. Uh, and yet, you know, you can always sell it if you see an, an opportunity, because there will be some opportunities. Um, wh- where, when do you sit there and say it's the time? I mean, uh, we've we've come through an era that every time we were down one day, one day or two, it was a buy. This time doesn't look like you got to be in so much of a hurry. Yet you can't be asleep either. I don't know. What do you, as a, as a total outsider to this, what do you see happening? I mean, it's it's kind of a tone change, but how far is it going to go? I'm glad I don't have your job, Tom, because I'm, you know, I can't fathom, you know, long term how this kind of anxiety or, or, you know, just lack of a, a rudder, you know, however you want to call what's happening now, can go on without people just, you know, becoming. You know, spooked by it. I just, I think it's, you know, people have been asked to absorb so much in, in the way of shocks, whether it was, you know, coming out of the lockdowns, um, you know, it, job opportunities vanishing, real estate going haywire, inflation going bonkers, and now, you know, war coming at us from, you know, every possible angle. I, I, I really think people are frightened about, you know, short-term long-term opportunities to survive it's not really about making money now it's not about you know getting cushion you can sit back and rest on but it's about you know making sure you got enough to get through the next 30 days uh, without losing your mind or your patience and i think a lot of people are in that boat that weren't it there six months ago um, and a lot more than maybe a year ago and to some extent i put myself in that 
block of people too because I I don't see any kind of safety net for any of this other than you know a collapse of people's you know trust in the system overall and, and it certainly I think you've seen eroding trust in this political system just looking at voter turnout the last couple of elections and given how, how bad the stakes are and you know what people have to lose by just taking a complacent you know attitude about it people are not responding politically the way I would have expected them to I, I, I just feel a sense of inertia just you know falling over everything and people are stuck and that's never I think a good place mentally or emotionally to be uh, certainly not financially. So I, I'm just kind of in uncharted territory here, Tom. I don't know. Why? Uh, I, I just wonder whether you, you look at the political back, the political thing. I'm just kind of concerned. I mean, we, we've talked, and every generation accuses the next generation of being <laughs> slovenly and not doing things right. I mean, from Socrates on down, and we're not exactly Socrates. Uh, but I, I just, the general. Socrates was executed. Yeah, well, I'm glad we're not Socrates. Well, he, well, he, did, he was able to take it himself, right? Well, didn't they? Yeah, if he didn't, Hemlock Socrates. Yeah, he was like the dude, uh, the Godfather, right? Do the right yeah. thing. We'll take care of your family. Uh, Here's the gun. I'm walking out of the room. He didn't have any family. Yeah, he had a family. I don't think so. I'm sure, he did. Well, he was just uh, time to search it up. Yeah, yeah. but if he. What, I, what I'm saying is, I the the political pieces. There's always some people on the right or on the left at different points of view. I just am I'm stunned, Jen, and maybe it's just I'm getting older. The general level of incompetence up and down the chain at every level. I mean, we, you know, you, you can't build the bridge right. It takes you forever. You can't do this. I mean, I even wonder how the, the Mossad ever let this thing happen when those guys are supposed to be the best on earth. Either they were looking the other way or they, they absolutely were asleep or it was a holiday or something, something, but um, something seems somewhat amiss. I mean, are these guys as sharp as they were 20 years ago? I, I, I have no, I have no answer to it. I just, it just seems to me like the, the normal parts of government, teaching kids, doing stuff, doing police stuff. I mean, this morning I'm coming in and there's, there's uh, two guys racing through downtown. You know, with the blacked out windows and the whole bit. And last night I'm coming home and I see squad turn turn in front of me, and, and this is, this is not sexist. I see. A lady in a squad car by herself. Maybe she she couldn't even see over the steering wheel. Now I'm thinking. Well, first of all, I don't care if she was, you know, six eight King Kong guy. I don't want anybody in today's a- age in a squad car by themselves at night. Or where, where am I? Where am I wrong here? No way. No, no way. No way. Now, and I'm thinking, what are the chances of this lady, even if the city did do expressway work, which they are happy to not to? I don't see her tracking down those two guys racing 100 miles an hour. I mean, I don't see her or anybody like that. I don't care if you're if you're like a 6'8 guy pulling over that car in the middle of the night. And yet, this morning again, we have an expressway closed because we have a death investigation. You know, some other expressways closed because they're, they're looking at picking up... How long can this go on? This, this incredible incompetence we can't arrest anybody. I mean, my buddy, uh, he's been on the show, Jimmy... He's, uh, of course, he's argued with me about this, you know, general incompetence. Evidently, he's wa- he likes to walk. He's walking today. Some guy blows through a stop sign and almost whacks him. <laughs> just misses him by, you know, whatever. Never stop. Just keeps going. And he sees the, the squad car is right there. 
and he says to the guy, aren't you thinking about maybe going after that guy and stopping him? What do you mean? I'm doing paperwork. I don't see any paper. <laughs> he almost got his ass arrested. He goes, what, is, what, do you, what has to happen for you to go after anybody? I'm doing paperwork. It's my paperwork time. Mm. Okay, then. <laughs> so what, what are we doing here I at, at every level? I mean, we've got, you know, we got... We're arguing about gender. I mean, we've got we've got two hundred twenty thousand people allegedly fed every day by the food depository, and fifteen thousand people show up on buses, which is a big problem. I get it, and somehow the city needs three hundred thirty million dollars to feed them. Mm. Uh, really? <laughs> How many people you could serve thirteen, uh, fifteen thousand people out of series like for less than three hundred thirty million dollars? Couldn't you? Couldn't you, Greg? Sign me up. Sign you up. Let's right. do that contract. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> So, you know, I listen to this stuff. I see every politician pouring everything wrong with every state and every city. New York, 6 million people. Oh, how many you got? 40,000 people. Where, where could you even find 40,000 people in New York? Mm. I'm not saying it's, it's not a problem and it's not something that, that has to be dealt with and it's, it's, a, it's a big issue and blah, blah, blah. But, Jan, it's it just these numbers. Now, they're, they're going to make every – New York was perfect that these people showed up. No, they weren't. Really? The U.S. The US was perfect until we had a – we were totally balanced budget until we had to start sending bullets to Ukraine. No, we weren't. Because if we were, we wouldn't even notice it, would we? We, we, we got ourselves in a rat hole here of totally our own making, it seems to me. It's a pickle. Yeah, I mean, I and I, I don't see the, the people that are capable of getting us out of it. I don't see anybody who has a new idea anywhere that does anything. And I, and I, I, don't, I don't get the part about trying to jam these people into these people. The migrant people into the Gage Park Park District Fieldhouse. When on the south side where the Robert Taylor homes are, it's got to be what four square miles of empty property. I mean, is, is this, now, do the people who own that the CHA you can't use their property? I see the Sears store down on 87th and where uh, where the steel mills used to be. Thing's been empty for what is that, Jan? It's four square blocks. The thing's been empty for how long? Can't use that place. I mean, what 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 are these guys seeing? That they, that they got to find some spot that, okay, why are you taking my park district away when there's all these other places with nobody even there? What, what's going on here? Is there is there some agenda that I just can't grasp or what? Well, it shows, a, you know, the idea behind, behind having a sanctuary city anywhere means that you already have some kind of vision of, you know, assuming all these people come as you expect them to, what are you going to do with them? What do they come with, and what do you what do you have to equip them with? And I can see so many cases, you know, Chicago being one of them, where everybody got on the bandwagon and voted to be, you know, at least in the city council, voted to be a sanctuary city. But there was never any interest in deciding what this really meant when it came to providing some kind of support network, so that it didn't embarrass the city or make you know, residents of the city feel like they were being victimized or having services taken away from them because you know somebody else now has come to the front of the line and needs them before anybody else. And I don't think long term there was any sense of what this would do other than maybe giving politicians a way of, of having a ready flock of voters that they could go and sign up you know, to do their bidding or be recruited into gangs or human trafficking or whatever else. I never saw anybody talk about you know, what other strategies there were to make this work yeah, smoothly all they, all or they, at all. All they do is talk. So if a bus shows up, well, what would it take you and I, even though we disagree on a lot of stuff politically, Greg as well, 
What, if a bus shows up, what do we want to have happen? First thing you want to do is give everybody, is, there, is anybody sick, okay? Some sort of a, a physical, okay? Some sort of a, by the way, how many people are bilingual? You might find out some are. By the way, what does everybody do for a living? You might find out you have some nurses in there. You might find out you got some carpenters in there or electricians. I mean, we're, we're not doing even the basic stuff. You should find that out on day one, for God's sake. Shouldn't well, you? clearly they're not interested in knowing those things, Tom. Why? Why? It's it, it, very it, easy to, to figure that out. There was an it's interesting not video. In all processors. So. Go ahead, Brick. Um, there was an interesting video I saw over the weekend. It was a YouTuber guy who kind of goes around to areas that he finds interesting and you know in general i think the population finds interesting and he starts interviewing people he just talks talks to them and finds like uh, very call them not thought leaders but like people who have big stakes or have been there good credible figures and, and just talks to them for like 30 minutes or an hour i think it's we'll put it in the show notes up peter santello on on youtube or Santanello, S-A-N-T-E-N-E-L-L-O. And he came to Chicago, and in just a few days, I mean, all all three of his videos have like a million views. He talks to first impressions, and he walks around, and he talks to not only the migrants, because he speaks a little Spanish, but he goes on a ride-along with a former cop and just talks to anybody who who he can. I think... uh, Wait a minute, he actually finds out what's going on in his city? Why would... We were, we would never want to elect him, would we? No, 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 no. In one of the people, but isn't that his, his second talking? video was with yeah. a First Amendment lawyer, but uh, but yeah. And the reason I bring it up is because he he walks up to the migrants, and then ten minutes later he'll walk up to a homeless person and talk to him, and get their their views. And it's interesting coming from an outsider. You know, he's not from here. Well, for the couple not. times I've driven by these uh, police stations, I don't see any of the migrants uh, that I saw. And they talk me. about the prostitution and they talk about like... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but I don't see any of them doing drugs. I don't see any of them drinking out there. I mean, it's not... The homeless that have been homeless for a long time with the drug issues, that's a that's a whole different problem, I think. Yeah. I don't think we can allow the two to get... right here. SP Futures down 20, Nasdaq Futures down 75, so we're coming back a little bit here. Be right back, Stocks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The control freaks guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing? 
Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. I'm Stocks. This is Ted. We're from the future. Socrates. Mm. Welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tim Powell, Greg Pappas in the studio, Jen Flanagan on the phone, Matt Burn on the board. SC Futures down 23, Nasdaq Futures down 86. All right, Greg, up 10, down 30, now down 22. What is that telling you? Anything? It's a fart in a skillet. Yep. It could be all over the place here. And uh, still have some stocks. We've had uh, Microsoft is uh, down a little bit. Apple's. It's creeping down every day here. We've got a lot of people at Apple. Here's a question for you. Where was Apple at the beginning of the year? Um, I, can, I, 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 can, I can answer that question. Well, call it around 150. Yeah. So <laughs> we still got room. We got plenty. That's what, <laughs> God, it's hard to, hard to even 150. mention that to people. That, you know, we got room on this stuff. I mean, uh, I mentioned uh, one of the ladies who's actually the president of NFO, and I go, hey, we got a lot of NVIDIA, or we are people have. I said, you know, this, I can see this thing at 250. She's like, bite your tongue. I said, Pearl, it was 180 at the beginning of the year. Yep. I mean, it's not like it can't go that that far down. And and funny enough, you know, 150 to 200, you know, surprisingly enough, and Vol is right around 20, or I forgot what Apple is right now, but I think it's, what, 20-ish in implied volatility? I, I can find out here, but the VIX is uh, 22.40. So, Johnny, yeah. Johnny, you got your you got your VIX? You got your VIX all, all set up? Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, somebody bought uh, for, I'm going to say, off the top of my head, November, December, January, and one more month, bought 20000 each of the 180 calls. Greg? That's so silly. I it, don't it, it, it's it's a way to get units, but still, it's way it's, out there. You know, if, you, if that hits, I hope you're doing other stuff because that's such a dumb trade in my mind. But whatever. Yeah. Good luck. Not, 
Well, you know, you, if you if you think people are going to come after this stuff, it's so. But the yeah. people who are selling you that are people that you'll never win a trade against in your life. But you well, know, I'm good saying, luck. If if we go crazy, and and people start to buy the one fifties, which again I don't ever anticipate, you can now sell them because you own the one eighties. That's the only reason you do it. Yeah, yeah. It's, the uh, that's like the doom and gloom. Well, you never tra- you were not an OEX trader because the OEX has been t- not doing much forever. But Jan, this was a, a technique in there. It's yet. the Magic Seven or what's it called? Majestic Seven. Yeah, yeah, it's the new one. But now you, what you would do is you'd have all these lists of puts, right, or calls. But the puts generally have a bigger volatility skew, and I won't go into that. We'll let Russell talk about that on Wednesday. But if all of a sudden you start to go down, people try and grab protection, and yet you can't as a trader. <clears throat> at any level, retail person or as a floor trader or whatever, you know, your margins are different. You just can't. Okay, I, because I hate being in, you know, calling people dumb or, or saying without listing an alternative. Alternatively, spending that money that you've pissed away, excuse my French, on those VIX calls, you could you could put them in calls in TLT oh, sure. or something like, you know, that something that actually trades and has volume and you won't get ripped off on. But you know that's well, what I'm trying to do uh, is create a, a, what I'm trying to do all. is create is create a I don't agree with those purchases either, but I'll, I'll, I think I can explain what the mentality is, but it, again, these are way out of line is say say the the OEX was I'll pick a number it was 410 or something and you've got the 409 puts the 408s all the way down. Well, all of a sudden it looks like the market's heading to hell. I might turn around and, and if the if the 390 puts, are offered at a 16th back in the day. And say there's 400 of them in the book. I might buy all 400. And you'd say, why the hell would this idiot buy these things unless he thinks we're going to 390 today, which I never did. Okay, so if we keep going down and all of a sudden everybody else... So well, someone, they're going to double their money on, on 20... That's, yeah. Well, it, it does two things for me. Somebody might pay an eighth for those puts just because they want Armageddon protection. Or if we start really do start running down and somebody starts paying... A buck and a half for the for the three ninety five puts. I can now sell those to somebody with a backstop. Yeah. So, so it's all it's, it's all about a. Tra- it's, it's not about it's, me. It's it, a pipe dream. It's a, it's positioning myself to be able to sell something to somebody else because all of a sudden if I didn't do anything and you got down to three ninety five and all of a sudden somebody pays like a buck and a half for ninety five and I go, well I'd like to sell those. I couldn't sell them a hundred of them if I had anything behind it, right? So it's a question of me positioning. I think we might it. lose the listener here, but All right. well, that's that's I. You want to buy things that people want ahead, which is that you get, but that's so far away that you know you I, would, I guarantee you would literally you. need someone to launch a rocket at New York or have like the have. I don't. I don't even know to get to well, 180. That would well, be 87 at, all again. Let's so. take the QQQs, Greg. I mean, they're 352. <clears throat> they started the year what 280. I don't know what the likelihood of a 20 percent drop is in a day, but that's probably what you would need. Okay, they again. started the year at uh, 260. <clears throat> so we're up. Uh, you <coughs> much rather just do a call spread or something in in the bonds, which are liquid. You won't get ripped off on. And, well, I'm not. Those will go be, bananas. I wouldn't do this for my clients, but <clears throat> I guarantee you, there are people saying, "Hey, the thing started at 260." Or maybe they're, uh, you know, they got 50 billion and they just don't care, and they might they well, wanted the units. But you could buy it at the 330s at the end of the year, to 320s, and at least lock yourself in a profit. 
Yeah. Saying, okay, if it goes back down to 290 at least I made 40 bucks. I mean, people I have all kinds of reasons for doing stuff. Right, right. So, um, I mean, it just... Can't read anybody's mind. No. I'm um, not a guy like John Flanning. He's got a billion dollars. He's hedging, you know? And and even if you had a billion, that would be dumb to do the 180s. Right. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Well, because I can't even imagine what the world would look like if the VIX was 180. It would be tw- down 20% in one day or, or the, the markets three might hours. Be, the markets might be closed. <laughs> right. They've got circuit breakers yeah. on, on the yeah. So Anyway, I, so, John, are we making you feel better with all this? Oh, yeah, you keep talking about <laughs> I'm saying that there's a way of. Uh, can you can you tell me two time or Greg? I mean, with with automated trading or you know safeguards, you know, where the machines click in and they're, they're watching trends and they're you know issuing sell orders or whatever without anybody you know having any particular control over it. Is this part of some kind of you know slippery slope? Should things um, get, get testy or? Yeah. Yes and no. It's a. Uh, what ends up happening is because of the the hedges, and here and here and because uh, it gives you an opportunity. And I think for once, Greg would would agree with me on this. If all of a sudden today, people catch uh, some kind of an idea, we're going down. People start buying spider puts. People start selling futures. They do these broad based indices. Well, if Greg and I are doing the arbitrage, which means if you sell a futures down, what happens? I'm going to go in. Greg is my 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 uh, trusted associate. We're going to buy the futures and we're going to sell a stock. Stocks are in the futures, but there's going to be some stocks in the futures, in the in the basket, in the OEX and the SPX that are they're not all priced. Eventually, somebody has to do the basket yeah. and make it even. Make it even. So, so there's going to be someone who's buying the discounted one and selling the actual. Correct. The, so, but, but at the end of the day, I mean, I don't. I might think Microsoft is the world's best stock, but if it's Three percent of the basket, and I'm buying the futures at a discount and selling the basket. I'm selling Microsoft, so it, it it doesn't matter whether out of the fifty I'm selling, I really like ten of them, right, Greg? But if you're just doing the pure, you don't care. You don't care. But but as a, as an investor, this is where there's some sort of an advantage. If you're a an investor looking for a price in a certain stack, and you happen to like, you know, I'm not I'm not you like three M, you like Boeing, you like one of these things, and you go. Wow, the whole market's going down a rat hole. But if somehow or another Boeing gets down to 160 from 180, where it is right now, or 179, I don't think Boeing should be down there. And the people who are selling Boeing, they may not think so either. What was it's, the example uh, during the last big crash? I think it was Accenture was trading for a penny or something. Yeah, but something just. That's, yeah, I mean, <laughs> okay. Stuff gets, <laughs> That's you, where you actually do the. Yeah, then you say, the wait a minute. 20,000 of yeah. them. Because then you're, it's going to go to zero, whatever you lose. But you don't spend. However many on no. VIX 180 options, you just rather put the huge order in down below and hope you get hit. So I guess the the, the, the long answer or short answer, Jan, is the electronic trading um, is quick. It, it, if somebody starts buying an individual stack, and by the way, this is uh, I did some research on this because because Russell asked me um, this. You know, this is for publication. He asked me if the margins were going up from the uh, the, the margins are set by the Fed. Okay, but firms have the ability to raise them if they want. These are these are uh, uh, retail equity margins are set by the Fed, but t- firms get to go up on them and so forth. But, but the answer, somebody from Bloomberg, I guess, was uh, Oliver Russell <coughs> asking him about if these margins are going up. And the answer from the retail side is no, none that I've seen. And I think officially on the institutional side, the answer is no. 
but I think what's happening from some of the people Greg and I know is just what you're talking about, Jen, is that uh, they're taking the there's stress tests these firms do because there's a lot of firms that you know, make markets and you know 200 stocks and stuff. Not a lot of firms. That's my bitch with the whole thing. But there, but there's some firms that do. What the, what the regulators are doing is they're is they're taking more look more look at individual uh, risk and individual stocks. In general, you would say, can your portfolio withstand a 20% move, right, Greg? And I'll move all your stocks down 20%. <coughs> And then they'll say, okay, you got enough money for that, you're okay. That's That's been the way they've been doing it. But now what they're doing is saying, wait a minute, we're not taking this across-the-board look. We're saying somehow or another, this guy Flanagan sold, you know, 50,000 puts in uh, Home Depot. Well, even though the the portfolio can stand a 20% down move, if, if Home Depot goes down 30%, you're broke. So they're taking more of a... Oops. Of a... Concentrate. They've they've moved more of a, a concentration issue into the general stress test, which I guess you could say the institutional margins are creeping up a little bit because of that, Greg. So it's kind of a yes but no sort of answer to that. So they're saying it's automated, or a lot of it's automated on the brokerage side. So well, but but you see, I mean, we know some people that if would, you're would, self-clearing, it's different. So well, we don't want to get too specific, as Greg and I know guys uh, that said that. The, like their gold trader um, sold like 2,000 puts the day of expiration or something. You know, with the idea these things are going to be worthless in two hours, and I guess it, it lit up their risk board <laughs> saying, what are you doing? What, what if something happened at quarter to three? We're screwed. You know, the guy's like, ah, we only got like an hour. Well, okay, someday somewhere stuff happens in the hour, right? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, right. yeah. If you've got a one delta option, you know, you got to yeah. imagine at least one out of 100 times you well, might get a... <laughs> You've met our buddy. Uh, you our, might get in trouble. Our buddy Robert, uh, Jan, and Robert is yep. is one of the guys who's at the Fed. Now the Fed does an awful lot of really good stuff. I disagree. I, well, I'm talking about their general check process. Disagree. We, we, we couldn't yeah. live without the Fed. Disagree. Okay. Well, it would be a lot worse for times during COVID and stuff and depressions. I'm not talking about the guys up top. I'm talking about the the 90 percent of the people who do the regular stuff. Worthless. All right. Well, <laughs> but it used to be. Jan, if you all the if people think the stock market's like a lot of money, the international currency markets every day totally overwhelm the stock market, right, Greg? In terms oh, of yeah. and not even close. And in fact, the bond market's bigger than the stock market. Yep. Right? So, what uh, Robert was involved with a group. All the all the if everybody bought here bought Deutsch Deutsche going back in a ways or euro dollars. This probably was back before there was the euro. If people were to buy the Swiss franc or all that stuff. The stuff clear, going from this end to Europe, I think, used to clear at 11 o'clock, Greg. The stuff coming the other way cleared at 12 o'clock. And Robert said that, you know, there was, everybody knew there was a potential hole here. Because what if something happened in that hour? And everybody said, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. So, of course, one day some German bank goes out at like 11.30. So they got the settlement on the one side and can't deliver on the other side, which is an absolute oopsie. I mean, you can't have that. I mean, uh, it's like, you know... It, where it, even even a, a, a medium-sized bank might have, what, half a billion dollars in, in currencies, right? Just back and forth from these companies that they service. Oh, yeah. So all of a sudden, so what these guys at the Fed did, they spent a year, and they, they got a system where everything clears the same time both sides. So something like that, Greg, is, is seriously good work. You know, even though the, you, know, you might not like what Powell said, you know, the, the actual worker bees over there 
do a pretty good job. Of course, now that they're all home and not working from work, I don't know if they're as good. But so, John, I get, you've, you've wandered me off into some pretty technical areas here. So, I don't hope we didn't uh, screw no, well, wake we've up got everyone. Me thinking. Yeah. You know, in, in this regard, was you know, there's a, a piece in the, the Epoch Times they've been exploring what happened in the last um, Supreme Court election in Wisconsin. Uh, there's an ethics, you know, investigation opened up where it's clear that there were attempts to circumvent, you know, campaign finance laws by having people, you know, tied to donations for, you know, one candidate and the people themselves never made these donations. The money was never came out of any account owned by these people. But, you know, it's kind of like, you know, using, you know, elderly clueless impoverished people as as straw people in order to provide a fake paper trail for money that's clearly being manipulated by hands bigger and stronger than, than the people whose names are on it and I, i'm just wondering in in things like automated trading or you know when, when you got you know stuff being tracked um who's selling whose block of stock here how much does he or she own or what what company is this and so on what sort of safeguards are there to actually, you know, be comfortable with the, the what's happening here is tied to the people themselves, or the companies themselves, or the banks themselves, and not some kind of shadow system where these are you know paper trails that have been created electronically that are misleading to somebody who's just looking at this as if it's a bona fide transaction. Is 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 there some kind of, you know? Protection well, there's, there's, there's going to be a, there's always going to be a buyer and a seller, and the money has to change place like the next two days. I mean, so in options, they have to settle the money that day, so somebody's paying for it. I mean, that, that part's legit. I mean, you can't get around that. But, uh, right, but, there, but they, do they know who who the parties are? Uh, if, let's put it this way: <laughs> Yes. Now, whether they want to track them down, God only knows. Going back to yeah. the, the stuff before nine eleven, and what was uh, what did Kenny Polkari last say that last week? Some of the what do you, you say, Greg? This, there was a big call buyer and some uh, something over before the invasion of the Israel. There was some some irregular movement, some stack, and uh, I don't know what it was. Probably blue. someone in the government. Yeah, well, it could be somebody. <laughs> you know, whatever it is, but there's, there's you know, the, Jan. Let's put it this way: if if every time you make a trade, all right, on the trading floor or otherwise, there has to be a clearing matchup. Everything clears through either OCC or DTC or someplace. You know, in, investors should know this. I mean, if, if you do a trade through PTI or Merrill Lynch, or anybody knows how I made those equal companies. Uh, if you buy 100 shares... Yeah, you're I, still in business, and they aren't. Yeah, well, that's it's true. <laughs> <laughs> but they... That <laughs> is true. Um, but then again, Bank of America, whoever it was, didn't buy, buy us and me making a million a year. But uh, anyway, it, whenever you do a trade, you're doing a trade with a person. So the give up on the trading floor, but it's all the same thing. If I made a trade with you... Did a trade with FLN Flanagan, and you cleared first option. Okay, so I know I did a trade with you, and you, your give up was first stop. All right, so could I could I track the trade? Sure, to you to first stop and first stop. Now, if it's a retail person, say Merrill Lynch did the trade, you just the give up's just Merrill Lynch. You don't know the broker and Merrill Lynch on the floor, and it's Merrill Lynch. Well, somewhere Merrill Lynch has a as an account like at PTI. If you did the trade through PTI, and the SEC said okay. It was done by IB through through correspondent clearing firm, a correspondent brokerage firm, PTI, and client XY client number and the client number has your name on it. So can it? It has to go. Has to come from somewhere because you got to pay for it or the money went someplace. 
Okay, even if you took the money out the next day, there's still a track record of we sent it to your bank. So the idea that these trades are coming from Europe and you can't find somebody, yeah, you can if you want to. I mean, it may take a little while if it's from some place in Europe, but simple, it comes through, you know, Morgan Stanley, Switzerland, or somebody, or, or Swiss Bank, or someplace. It's coming from somewhere, right, Greg? You can always, you, you may not, uh, unless somebody walked in with cash the day before and give you gave you the name of, you know, uh, Mo Howard or something, and, and put the money in there, and the next day before you catch it, pulled out cash. That can't happen anymore, can it, Greg? I mean, there's no way you can't track this stuff. In my opinion, but, but in the heat of battle, Tom, like in the chaotic trading session, where you have you know computers kicking in and taking power. It doesn't away matter. From it, every computer clears through some firm, and everything has got a trail to it. I mean, if if somebody, what I think you're asking, is if if you come in and I buy a thousand calls in IBM, okay, whoever sold them to me, be it if it's not a client, if it's a client, if it's not a retail customer, institutional customer. If it's one of the firms that make markets, that that computer is immediately going to turn around and buy what sixty thousand shares of IBM. No, I think he's yeah. just asking how fast does stuff really spiral? Uh, fast. Yeah. But, but every trade. But where's the cutoff? Yeah. It's it's usually at the exchange level. At yeah. The circ- the, where the they'll say, okay, let's move so seven and a half percent. It's eight percent in the index. Yeah, seven. And and then they just say, okay, well we're done for twenty minutes. Yeah. Everybody needs to take a breather. They'll still continue in the options, but yeah, but they are circuit breakers, right? Yeah. So, can will you flash down? Uh, they'll lock trading. They'll keep trading probably in the options, but um, yeah, it it can definitely move as fast like that as as ever. If there's a, a massive crunch one way or the other, Jan, I think we're out to what eight percent. I, I I could look this up for tomorrow. Uh, there, there's a circuit breaker like in indexes. Right. Then it's what a half hour cooling. I mean, there's a whole list of this stuff. And then stuff. if they do it again, then okay. they take even longer. Yeah, it takes longer. So yeah, there's there's definitely uh, timeouts. But if it's if something happens where the market's worth half of what it is now, which God, I hope. So like happens. over the weekend, yeah. you could open up much lower. It might open up to a, to frozen trading, but you could you could definitely open up lower if it was a weekend. Yeah. So it's yes, there are circuit breakers. But if 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 it just if all of a sudden interest rates go to Say they went to seven yeah. percent today, you would see lock limit. Yeah, you'd be down. So you'd get lock limit, and then it would probably be down another limit when you opened up again. Right. So yeah, there are yeah. there are some because obviously during the crash they didn't. And it was a big problem, but it just That's gives people. Know. <laughs> but it but it just gives people a breather. I mean, if yeah. interest rates yeah. from, went from five to twelve, the market's going down by forty percent. It's just a question of how long it takes to get there. Right. Right. So yuck. But. <laughs> you really don't have that much of a breather because they're going to no. keep trading options around. Right. Around. Is that, it's, uh, yeah. Well, we're going to be uh, we're going to break here. We come back. Hopefully, we'll have Nancy. Um, the uh, S&P futures now down 15. So, like I said, we've come back. NASDAQ futures down 57. We'll talk to Nancy about some uh, real estate stuff and maybe some good news. Otherwise, we're sitting there. We're gloom and doom here, for God's sake. Be right back. Stocks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading 
trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know, all while exploring how to live your best life through music, spirits, food, sports, travel, fitness, and a whole lot more. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures. It's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into Wall Street's investment gurus. It's for mavericks who believe in life, luxury, and the pursuit of happiness. It's for you. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities. They play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and try to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it is time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-349. That's 708-349-3456 or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. When you come in on Monday and you're not feeling real well, does anyone ever say to you, sounds like someone has a case of the Mondays? No. No, man. No, man. I believe you get your ass kicked saying something like that, man. Hello and welcome to Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tim We have Matt Byrne on the board, Jan Flanning, and hopefully Nancy Long-Graham with us. I'm here. Uh, I'm here. Nance, uh, before I go through my uh, traffic weather sports here, who, who did this song? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Don't have a clue. Oh, God. It was Jane James, and Jeremiah. And isn't the, uh, the original master went up on a fire, Jan? I think. Yeah. I believe that's right. Yeah. 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 Uh, anyway. A long time ago, that song. I'm not so sure you want to get on a Lakeshore Drive now. You might get shot. That's another story. Yeah, they changed the name, so they got to rewrite the lyrics. Down. Uh, <laughs> God, I didn't even think of that. Let's be futures down 50. NASDAQ futures down 55. Dow futures down 132. Individual stocks in the down. Nothing crazy. And Salesforce down 373. Well, I guess that's pretty much of a move. And we've got uh, Chevron Texco down 433. They're, they're going to buy Hess, Jen? Because... Uh, uh, what the uh, Exxon just bought? What was it, Pioneer or somebody, for sixty billion? Now these guys are buying somebody for fifty. You got one guy buys something, you got to buy something. The board can't mm-hmm. be sitting there doing nothing. Dex down ninety-two, point uh, six percent. Footsie down thirty-five, point four percent. These guys have come back a little bit. 
Kick around's actually up 49 cents, so call that flat. Renasia had no movement here. They're still down. Nikkei down 259. They're down because they're closed. 0.8%. Hang Seng down 123.7. Shanghai with a big move. Down 44, 1.5. I guess we're hearing the song through the whole thing here. Uh, on Friday, we've got the Dow was down 286, S&P down 53, Nasdaq down 202. And we have had a streak of kind of down Fridays. The world doesn't go to end over the weekend, and then we go up on Monday. But that's so today so far. Bonds back down. They were over 5% this morning, but now we're at 4.97, so we're uh, lower than that. The button up four basis points, 292. Japan up three basis points, 0.87. Oil down 27 cents, 87.81. Brent down 14 cents, 92.02. Natural gas down a penny, 288. Arbob unchanged, it's 236. Gold, now it's coming back. It's only, I'm sorry, oil. Oil's down 28 cents, 87.80. Brent down 13 cents, 92.03. We've got gold real quick. It's down, now only down a buck 70, 19.92. Bitcoin up 761, 30,647. And the uh, U.S. dollar down just a little bit. Euro is at 106. Matt, what do you got? Traffic weather sports. And I guess you can turn the music off. Yeah, good morning. Currently 7.36 a.m. October 23rd. You got the music still piling through here. Well, if you want, we can turn on the traffic mix instead. Yeah, yeah we don't, don't do that. Just All put right. you on. All right, sounds go. good. Perfect. All right, good morning. Currently I'd turn back if I were you. <laughs> turn back. Uh, yeah, good morning. October 23rd, 2023. Currently 7.36 a.m. Uh, 43 degrees currently in Chicago with a high of 66. Humidity at 86% right now. Clear skies downtown. Sunny skies throughout the day. Down in Phoenix, Arizona. Clear skies, 69 degrees currently. A high of 88. Sunny skies expected through today and through the week. In the MLB yesterday, Rangers beat Astros 9-2. Yesterday in the NFL, Bears won against Raiders 30-12. Quarterback Tyson Bajan threw 162 yards, rushed for 24 yards, and scored one touchdown. Running back down to Foreman had 89 rushing yards and scored three touchdowns total. So for now, Chief, back to you. The, uh, now, if, make sure you're on the dump button if, mm. if, if John and Nancy start swearing at each other because they're both running for Speaker <laughs> of the House, I hear, with about 58 other people. Tough competition. Yes, we are. Are you we gonna, can be co-speakers, man. Yeah, can you guys be yeah. civil? Can you be co-speakers? Yeah, yeah a, really. We, get the, we don't care. The, 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 that's okay with us. <laughs> so we went from one guy running by himself, uh, and he can't win, to nine people running. What, what, is this is, is this some kind of a joke? What, what, what is going on? Just saying, just saying. I have no idea, but I heard if the Democrats can get enough votes, they can be Speaker of the House. Yeah, they're short seven, right? Yeah, or something like that. You don't so, have I mean, to I, I, I have never seen us so screwed up. I don't know what other word to use. If you're if you're overseas, you sit there and go, these guys are involved in two wars basically, and they and the, the Congress just disbands. I mean, and, and I know that they didn't really disband. They're still meeting, and the Senate's still there. But but the people overseas, it looks like we disbanded, doesn't it? Well, yep. you cut out, but I'll say one thing: we we definitely um, got to be a laughing stock at this point to the rest of the world. And if I were fighting, I'd be like, my leaders don't know what the hell they're doing. Um, that would be the truth. I didn't even think of that. Um, so, Nance, what's up in uh, in the mortgage world? I, earlier, uh, Greg asked me, "Are we at eight percent yet?" And I said, "Nancy would know." I thought we were pretty close. Yeah, we're at eight. We we could be as high as eight and a quarter on some loans. Yeah. So um, we're we're definitely, you know, not going down. That's for sure. What do you think? Uh, 
these buildings downtown that Jan and I are always talking about, um, if somebody was going to be, was somehow going to stick their toe or whatever part of their body they're going to stick in one of these buildings down here, what kind of rate do you think they could get now? Give me an idea. Well, they're, they're actually um, commercial loans, so that would be from the banks. And so the, um, I have, I'm sure the banks are you know going to offer some kind of lower rate. I, um, maybe not. Do banks? We've, we've this has been a, a, a kind of an ongoing hanging question for a while with these buildings having trouble down here. The, if somebody wanted to buy 175 West Jackson, uh, which is now in receivership, the people who were there before put like 40, 50 million of money up, and they basically said, "We'll, we'll take the hit. You guys got it from here." And uh, but I, I don't think any of these. And again, please. Tell me I'm wrong if I am. It's not like when we were young, Nance. When, when like the this building would have the you know Continental Bank mortgage and the other. I think they're all groups of people and maybe even hedge funds and you know whatever they call those things. Uh, they're, they're big groups of. I don't. I don't think banks have a whole building anymore, do they? Or what do you think, John? I, no, I mean, and and I mean even I mean the ownership is often you know some kind of partnership or consortium. You know, sometimes not very closely related entities. You know, everybody's got a piece of the business, um, but the lenders too are. You know, they're cobbled together sometimes from you know a couple pension funds or um, you know th- there's an agreement on you know sharing losses and so on. Um, but you know, for example, you know the the Chicago Title Building or the old Chicago Title Building at one was a one eleven North Clark, kitty corner from the Thompson Center. I think the the purchaser of that building some years ago was the Korean Postal Service. You know, I mean, they, so this is like the, the USPS of Korea buying buildings in this country as investments. You know, to take care of their retirees back in Korea or whatever, um, and they were lending money in various you know you know markets too uh, to make you know money for, for their purposes. And it, now that I mean that building is you know. They can't make their their mortgage payments. The lender is going to take it over probably at some point. Uh, the lender will want to get rid of it immediately, if not sooner, because um, they're not making any money by by sitting on this asset now that's plunging in value all the time. Um, I just I think that it's going to be a you know the, the only good news that I've seen lately is that the Thompson Center is going to you know, be cleaned out because Google bought it, and all of those state government people are going to have to find other you know business quarters on LaSalle Street or, or someplace nearby, so there'll be an infusion of state offices that will need rental space uh, while Google takes over that space and reconfigures it. But overall, I just see all, this stuff is very, very precarious, and you got, you know, other countries involved in Chicago real estate um, to an extent that I don't think most people realize. Well, the Japanese lost the, buildings. Didn't the Japanese lost a fortune here years ago, right? Yeah, and they, you know, they they were going, with, you know, with Rockefeller Center and all the you know, huge purchases, very visible purchases in this country. Uh, that well, they know, bought. Pe- how much did they lose on Pebble Beach? Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. they're still losing. You know, well, so all right, so let's stick with this uh, one seventy-five. Somebody buys a place two twenty-five, they put up fifty, they say at one seventy-five, you guys keep the fifty, we're out of here. Uh, now the bank's got it at one seventy-five, so Nancy comes in with a. What do you have to come in with, Nancy? You say, okay, 
I'll put up 25, but by the way, you're selling it to me at 150, and you're financing the other 125. Is that how it works? Yeah. I mean, that's what I would do if I were the lender. Yeah. Ugh. Um, is there any kind of volume going on the retail side? Uh, I mean, Audrey did a open house yesterday. They had a few people there, but she said it's certainly not like a month ago. It's it's running the kind of a wall all of a sudden. Um, it, it was, it's it's people who have to go. I mean, it's not like before. It was everybody. You know what I mean? Sooner or later, everybody was jumping on the bandwagon to get this lower rate, and it's not like that anymore at all. Did, did you mean, hear that? I see the economy slowing down myself. I mean, I see it in um retail if you go into a store you might you know i'm talking about a smaller store smaller footprint store you may find yourself like a boutique or something like that you're the only one in there with the salespeople. you know there's just not the kind of volume that you would normally see well i was lurking around in the menard yesterday and i i know bell road there couldn't have been 20 people in the place and that place is what a block and a half long for god's sake Right, so it, people are definitely um, not the you know not purchasing, being careful. That's what I see happening. That's what I see happening. Are, so, are you involved at all in the, uh, or does anybody in, in the mortgage business ever get involved? Did you hear a commercial this morning? You probably weren't up driving in when I was, but the, I forget if it was a bank or who it was. They're now recruiting people. They're saying. You can't lose your low-cost 3.5% loan, so you're going to have to put... Uh, actually, it might have been a construction firm. You're going to have to put the new bathroom, you have to put the new bedroom and the addition on the house. Come call us and blah, blah, blah. Is there is that starting to happen, or are these guys just you know looking for some business, obviously? But is that Well, they're going to put a lien on your house time. I mean, if they're going to take your house as a... Um, uh, if they take your house... And they're willing to, you know, in other words, if you have a first loan and, and you can't afford this, they'll just put a second loan behind it. Or right. they're going to give you some kind of financing that is insured by somebody else. They're just not going to put a new bathroom in, in on credit unless it's very low. Well, so what you're, now does that, that sec, for lack of a better term, the second mortgage, once there's a lien, then it becomes a mortgage, right? Yep. Yes, most people don't feel that's true. Okay, so but I guess my question is: is would if I if I bought the house two years ago and like I should have got the loans for Nancy, and now I want to buy, instead of going and getting a, another house, I get I want to put this hundred and fifty thousand dollar addition on it. Do I come back to Nancy? Do you do you get the second mortgage, or where does that come from? Well, it depends. It, you it depends. I mean, if let's say you you could get a. Um, you could get a um, bridge loan, and someone told me that bridge loans are almost non-existent at this point. So the hundred fifty thousand would have to—you'd have to go to the bank, make sure you have the equity the way it is, not the way it's going to be built. Okay. You have to have that kind of equity in your house to start with, then you can get the loan. So they're not saying Other, if I put this on, it's be worth a hundred thousand dollars more. They're not making that bet with you. That's on you. That's correct. Yeah. Really. That's correct. Yeah. Well, how does yeah. a, but how does a how does a builder or, or remodeling get that kind of a loan because he's in the business? No, because he has a business and he's getting a commercial loan from the bank okay. to be able to do it. 
All right. So, so he has to put up his assets to get the loan, and then he goes in and pays it off. How big do you have to be before they're no longer your assets? You got to be pretty big. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Usually, usually, I mean, everyone is being so careful because you got to remember these loans at the bank. Like, let's just say your community bank. Um, the FDIC monitors those when they come in. And if you have too many losses in that category, they can um, make your reserve. You know, for every loan oh, yeah. you put in, you have to have a reserve. They can make it so high that you don't even want those kind of loans anymore in your portfolio. Well, the only problem with that is is this is the kind of the conundrum for a long period of time. And I know a little bit about the banking side. If you're not paying anybody any interest... And guys like John go in there and drop a hundred grand in their account, and you can flip it to the treasury overnight for one and a half or something. You're actually making money at it. Um, not a lot, but something. And, something. Uh, uh, yeah. But if all of a sudden you're actually paying people five, you better get some loans. Or, yeah, or, that is or, correct. Or you're going under. So that is correct. And they don't they don't give you loans on cars anymore unless you really push them. What what are these what are these guys? What do they give loans on? I mean. I, I, mean, I don't remember First National Bank Evergreen Park. You go up there, you get a loan on anything, you know, provided you're solid. I got a car loan there. I had a, when I was doing my construction business, they gave me a $10,000 loan for a, for a property. And I paid it back in three months, so they were happy as a clam to have me. But uh, I, don't, I don't even know where I'd go for something like that now. I guess I could. I, I, mean, maybe I don't I go either to, right Maybe now. I'd go to Lakeside, but I, you know, they'd probably do it for me. But uh, I don't know if they, it's a general... If you walk over there, there's no auto loan department anymore. I mean, I, but, but still, if you're paying people five percent, you better be earning five, or you're not going to last very long. Correct. You should at least be two percent over what your lending rate. Yeah. Is. What? So, uh, you know, I know, the some of the loans of the place that Audrey's closed in the last few months, a lot of those people are cash buyers. Nance, is that what you're kind of running? Like you were saying earlier, it's people that either are downsizing. Sold their place for a number. It's a trade. Maybe it's the older people that are selling the house for something, and they're buying, you know, buying a townhouse, and they're pretty much paying cash or whatever. Is it kind of what's happening? Or there can't be too many. Well, new buyers. it's all. It's isn't it always kind of like the people who have money make money? I mean, that's what I see happening. I mean, rents are what eighteen hundred, two thousand dollars a month. Yeah, yeah. So for that, people should really be calling me because most likely I can get your mortgage for that, but. Um, and you only need three percent down, but I am beginning. I, it's people. Let's put it this way: the people that have the cash are the ones that are buying some of these, and that's what that's what that really is what is happening. Yep. So, or they're selling like they have like let's say it's an older person and their house is paid off, and now they have to move on to something else. Um, then they can go ahead and. Um, have a line of credit on the house they have they can buy the next one move in and then they can put the other one up for sale and then when they get their money they pay the other thing off that's really kind of what I see going on it's just the elderly moving divorce or you know uh, someone who has a lot of cash Nancy it seems too if you've got money um, you can you know get involved in bidding wars and you can you know, boost the price you know it, you know, so it sells above the listing price, um, right. and that's doing its part to kind of keep some, you know, keep values kind of higher than they'd be in another market. It seems, but um, do, do you see a lot of, of you know, smaller, you know, 
well, banks that are, you know, traditionally were the ones initiating these loans. It sounds like they're closing branches in these banks left and right now, and they're retreating from the retail market, not just, you know, taking in deposits, but you're writing loans on anything. And I, I just don't, I don't know if you're seeing any kind of stranglehold on the sources of money for people who want to borrow um, to, to make a purchase. Is it is it harder now to find funding sources? Um, you know, it isn't for um, what I do, but you make an interesting point, John, and that is that the I see the retail, you know, the retail side of like some of the bigger banks, okay, like Chase, B of A, they are. I, there's a trend I see happening where people, they're forcing people to go to the ATMs more often. They're closing their drive-throughs. In other words, they're not interested in the convenience for the consumer anymore. And they are shutting these down. And when you go inside, there's only a handful of people inside to help. Therefore, you know, people are getting more used to this, and I think it's going more towards this digital currency. I think they're getting us ready over a period of time to move more towards this digital currency type thing. And then it's, and then you'll only have people like me left. Everything will be done on the internet, this, that, the next thing. And, you know, the baby boomer generation like I'm in, we're just not used to that. I'm used to seeing somebody's eyes and sh shaking their hand and believing what they're telling me is true. Well, you know, not my, my not my computer saying, "Ooh, this is great, right?" <laughs> well, you know, it's it's surprising that you mentioned that. I mean, if you were to take when the internet started out, I mean, let's push it back to 2000 or so. You would have thought from what people said back then, you'd never see a, a, a you know bricks and mortar building ever again for a bank, right? I mean, that's what people were predicting. And all of a sudden, you get to the spot where in Armitage, there's there's five branches and two blocks. So it went absolutely, totally against what some of the prognosticators were pro prognosticating back then. And now, I, I was, boy, many, many times on the show, I, did, I should have had you guys because you probably know more about it, I would say, what, what are one of these branches sitting on Armitage Avenue with a security guard, one teller, one guy sitting there, or a lady sitting there, what do they what do they even make for these people? I mean, I, you know, do they do loans out of there? Do they open up accounts? I mean, I, I couldn't figure out the profit margin of the, the three-person little storefront walk-up, and yet they're all over the place, so they must have made money, and yet now they're they're closing some of them, and yet your Lakeside Bank model, where they always want the individual banker, and they're in all these a lot of these ethnic neighborhoods, and they have people that speak 21 dialects of Polish and Chinese and God knows what else, and they seem to be doing great guns by doing that. So I, I, it seems like there's a whatever market you want to go after, Nancy. There's a different way of doing it. I mean, maybe right. You know, Lakeside would be considered a community bank. Yeah. So that is that is different than like the the big box banks. And I see the big box banks getting rid of customer service. You know, not that all that important. You know, da 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 da. And I see a lot of room for the the um, community banks to grow but then again the community banks have to get loans just like you're saying right they have to have, actually have loans and uh i mean it's a it, it's it is definitely an industry that you know you, you sort of i i can never i don't ever invest in in, in banks for my people i mean i have had some uh, xlf positions which is the uh, uh index for the the, the banks that are in the s p 500 so they're not the ones you're talking about lakeside and those kinds of places and uh 
I, I can't figure out, I never can figure out what the value of these places are. I mean, it seems like the government gives them so much money or so much leeway. They're always going to make money, yet they pay their people so damn much that it, it, how much of it trickles down to shareholders I can never figure out. I've just, I just have kind of wiped my eyes from that whole area, and yet people have all these ratios, the book to this and the loan to that. And I, they must know what they're talking about, gang. I just, I'm just not, out of all the things I think I can talk about in the, in the industry, I can't figure out a value in these places, the big ones. I mean, I don't think anyone can, but you know, banks back in the day used to be if you opened a bank, it was just you know, they were just money makers for all the people that put their money in, you know what I mean, the shareholders on a community bank, and now that situation just does not exist anymore, right? It's too hard to open one up, and then, um, I don't even think any de novo banks have been open in quite a while because the FDIC has been, um, they're just not letting them open. Well, for a, so, while, for a while ago, there was a... When Kathy used to be on the show, um, and she got us all these total wacky guests we used to get. I miss her for doing that. Uh, but uh, one of one of her buddies was a guy, he was on the south side, he was dying to buy a south side bank because he wanted, you know, he grew up in a little flower or someplace, and all the institutions on the south side, you know, the south side's not doing so hot. He thought one of the reasons why the banks were going downhill or the areas are going downhill is because of lack of banking. And I think to a certain extent, he's, he's right. I mean, a lot of people in those neighborhoods don't even have a bank account. They go to the currency exchange to cash their check. I, I can't even imagine that. That is true. Yeah, that is I, true. You know, why you don't have a banking relationship, you know, I don't know, because probably there's not a bank. So he, he actually brought me a bunch of balance, balance sheets. That are, we're sitting over a series one I'm going through these balance sheets. got some of these banks. You can, This is 10 years ago, 15 years ago. We could have started a bank with a million and a half bucks, easy. Could have bought one if we had two or three, with with a drive through and everything. I mean, these these guys are in deep trouble, and uh, they only had some of them had like no loans, or uh, the only loans they had were uh, people on the board. Go figure. And uh, you know, you, so you knew you had you know half the loans were no good, but they were you know eight hundred grand or something. You could have bought a bank with a building and a, and a drive through for you know three four million bucks, or if you want to start your own, a million and a half two million was all you needed. You know, you just take your deposits and then and we'll put them with a bigger bank and get interest there and make a little bit. Have a couple of tellers that everybody likes, and you could you could you know you could own a bank. I don't I'm not so sure you could do that now, or you'd want to. With the you can't tell. because the FDIC um, would want a lot more collateral than that. Yeah, but I mean, if, not, but if you don't mean loans, what's them. the difference? You're just taking you're just taking deposits and send them somewhere else. That's that's one of the reasons. Who was who was on the show that was saying that's when uh, was that you, Jan? That was saying that's how some of these guys get in trouble because the bigger banks actually put loan packages together and sell them to the smaller banks. So if you're, you know, the uh, Beverly Bank right next to the well, it used to be right next to the train on 103rd Street, they now have a nice building. So if you were looking to invest, like we're we're talking about, the bank needs loans. The guy from Morgan Stanley comes by to the bank and says. And you might be the loan person at, you know, Beverly Bank. And they're coming to say, Nancy, we've got this loan thing for you. And by the way, we put this package together. We think it's pretty good and it's going to pay 7%. And by the way, you're paying 5% on your CDs. And these are the same. It's These are two-year packages and your CDs two years. And guess what? You just lock yourself in 2%. I think, I think a lot of that's happening. They can do that. But then they take the responsibility. They have to make sure that they have enough in their loan loss reserve. Right. If they have- that goes bad. Yeah, how could something you so, get from Morgan Stanley ever be no good, right? <laughs> yeah, it could be no good. So you have to realize that 
they have to have the loan loss reserve for that, and um, that doesn't always work out the best. No, and a, and a, and a problem is you, you you have to match up your your if you give out a two year CD, you need a two year loan, right? You can't have them not match, or you, and you, you could have problems. Yeah, one doesn't relate to the other. You have so much in you have yeah. so much in assets, and, and there has to be so much in in loans, and you have to have so much in your loan loss reserve. It has to. Um, it, like, it doesn't match one for one. Sounds like you uh, spent some years in a bank. I have. Yes. I how, have. How come you're not like VP and when somebody gets taken over, you're like a gazillionaire having me manage your money? Um, you know, Tom, I was a uh, senior vice president, but it doesn't, it's, it's a very tough market. Yeah. We opened in, it was a Genovo, and we opened in 2006. <laughs> we had the crash in 2008. Oh, yeah. And I want you to know, none of my mortgages went bad. Wow. Well, that doesn't that, surprise me. That, that doesn't mean that the commercial loans didn't go bad. And it was, it's it's a very tough um, market to keep. Yes, you know, what, do you do, what do you do if you're the First National Bank, or Jan, you can, we only got a minute. What do you do if you're the First National Bank of like Janesville, Wisconsin, and all of a sudden the. I think it was a Chevy plant. The Chevy plant closes, and they lay off like you know, two thousand people, and the whole place goes under. What, what do you even do? You just you just say we're done. I mean, what what can you do? I think you got to throw in the towel. Post. Yeah. You might have to. You might you might find other investors that'll. Um, you may be able to buy other small banks that have deposit deposit for their deposits and their customers. Um, you know, around in the area. It just just depends. Maybe you move move it, you know, move it to another location that's a little further out. Ugh. But if you own you own mortgages on half the downtown of Janesville, you got a problem. Well, and, and they, the values are dropping. You know, yeah, yeah. But they're not really allowing you to keep mortgages in the um, bank's portfolio anymore. They really don't do that. You sell them off on the secondary market. Yeah, really, yeah. even commercial ones. Yeah, uh, commercial ones. They try. They yeah. will try and get. Um, Commercial is different. Those are commercial buildings, so who knows how many of those they really have in their portfolio. I mean, they might have it for uh, like a, you know, who knows, like a Starbucks or, you know, but they've already got collateral for that. Okay. They've got more collateral than just the building. Okay. All right. well, Lance, thank you. When am I going to see you? you? Both of you guys are scarce. You must not like me anymore or something. I, I have no idea. What, what What's going on? I mean, did you see the bears yesterday? Yeah. They were so unbear-like. I, I didn't even recognize that. Well, you see the, the the interview with the one guy, interception return, he wants to get paid next year. He doesn't care if he's on the bears. He just wants to get paid. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all over Twitter or whatever it is now. X. I'll have to look that up. Oh yeah. But I didn't even recognize the team. I was like, somebody drops back, looks at his first primary receiver. Okay, he's covered. Goes to the second and throws it. Wow. We actually have a quarterback. We got who knows how to play. Now, who knows how long it'll last? But at least I predicted he, four wins for them this season. Tom. You might get there. God, you might get there. I predicted well on their way. Fifty percent. Now I'm. I. I. I was so foolish to do that. Well, who's this this week? They're playing somebody just about as bad. They could win this week. <laughs> Oh my God! This is so bad. We have to we have to see who we're playing. If they're in the bottom, maybe we'll get through. <laughs> well, it's a it's a uh, Sunday night game. It's a it's a prime time game or something. Oh, for sure, we'll embarrass ourselves. Oh God! Just- <laughs> God. Well, uh, by my my brother's big apple pressing is this. We went we we went and picked four hundred fifty pounds of apples on Saturday. Wow! And you didn't invite me. 
See, what is the problem here? Well, we're going to invite you to the pressing. We together? We, 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 you can be invited to the pressing and the big cookout. You, that's much more fun than actually yanking these things off the tree. <laughs> well, I don't know. John could have held me up, and then I could have picked Well, John's tall three. enough he could have grabbed some. Yeah. But, uh, oh, well. I'll get on somebody's shoulders, Tom. God. Back. They did have ladders, and they got these little thingies. You can actually reach up there, and my six-year-old uh, grandniece was snagging a few with this little basket you run up there, and you shake them, and they, they land in the basket. God. But 450 pounds a lot. Did you have fun? No, it was all right. I mean, I'm not a big apple picker kind of guy, but plus every time I pull one off, one dropped. <laughs> so I had to keep picking you things. You got to bend down. Yeah, right? it's, oh. Anyway. Your point is, um, you didn't invite us, though, John. Did you get an invitation? Yeah. I have a feeling neither one of you to bend there. You might be at, you might be at the festivities this weekend. That's I don't know. I make apple pies very well. Um, I just happen to have some <laughs> uh, apples for that. Uh, you got all kinds of different apples, and you got a big map what all the trees are. So you got to figure out which is which. But you're, if you if you got in trouble, you just grab one off a tree and take a bite out of it, and you can tell what it was. Mm, <laughs> just saying. That's hey, did you pay for that apple? Uh, no. That's if you're just down sixteen. That's if you're just down. It would it would have been four hundred and fifty one pounds or fifty point zero pounds <laughs> or so. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow. Stocks and jacks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. JetBlue Airways. It's not the only way to fly, but it should be. Visit JetBlue.com. Empower HR, your human resources partner. That's EmpowerHR.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. BDL Compliance Consulting. Visit BDLCC.com. Dax Research. Listen to David Andelman on Mondays and Thursdays and go to dacsresearch.net. That's all, folks. I did not know that.